This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Today's topic is all about email. And Jesse, I feel kind of funny doing this topic because we have such differing viewpoints on how to address email, <laughs> how to tackle email, how to approach email. And so I'm going to be sharing some of my email system, but Jesse, you probably are going to have some wisdom to share too, but we haven't even talked about what we're going to talk about because remember- It is not usually par for the course. Well, but on an earlier episode, you said you like to be surprised. So I have my notes here. We've talked yeah, about- And we've talked about like different headlines of your, of your notes, but that's it. So we're going to talk about taming the email monster, kind of some lessons and strategies that I have learned in 15 plus years. Can you believe it's been that long of having my own business? And I wonder how many emails in that time frame I have processed through. That would be really fascinating. I mean, do you think it would be in the millions? Oh, easily. Okay. Yeah. I feel like because... I get hundreds of emails every day. And so mm. I don't know, I can't do the quick math on that, but I want to share some strategies that help me to not be overwhelmed by email, to see email as a tool and not something that just hangs over your head and you're constantly behind on. But before we get to that, lots has happened in this last week. One thing is that our 16-year-old Catherine started a new job. 
And this is something that we have been talking about for a few months. She wanted to get a summer job, maybe something that would end up being more than a summer job. And last year she worked as an intern for a local political consulting group. And then that turned into a paid position and she got to work a campaign, which she absolutely loved. But she said she wanted to do something different this year to kind of get her feet wet in another situation and kind of learn some new things and have different challenges. (laughs) So we both, I mean, I don't know about you. I think Jesse, you encouraged her, but I definitely encouraged her to consider some type of service job because I feel like that that's a really valuable type of Mm -hmm. job to hold, at least for a short time when you're a teenager. Especially right now in early summer where there's going to be a whole influx of students that are applying for jobs. So we were very thankful she was able to land a job that we thought would be a very good fit for her. Mm-hmm. And uh, she came home complaining yesterday about being on her feet for a long time. So and how much her back hurt and she had to get out the back roller and it took me back to my days of working at the tea room that I worked at when I was a teenager. And then in our first year of marriage and just being on my feet all day long, dealing with so many customers and just coming home, and I remember I would lay on my bed and I would just put my feet up on the wall and just everything would hurt because of being just so active, so focused, just so go, 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 go. But yesterday, Catherine and I were talking about, can you imagine all the nurses and people who are in jobs where they have 12-hour shifts and it's just high intensity. I mean, I think of something when it comes to medical stuff where Mm -hmm. you're having to make quick decisions that can be really almost life or death situations and decisions and the level of responsibility and all of that. It was just, yeah. So, but it's been a great experience for her and we are getting ready to, after this podcast, we're going to go into where she's working and order some lunch. So that will be fun to get to see her in this new position. And we're going to try to figure some ways to embarrass her. <laughs> you always have to do that. We will see. We'll, we'll try to be nice, but you know, we still have to, you know. Yes. I got an email, Jesse, that I haven't read to you that I wanted to read to you. It was actually about my book, Love Centered Parenting. And I got permission from Brenna is the person who sent me the email and she gave me permission to be able to share. And so I'm going to read this. She said, I've read and looked forward to your daily Money Saving Mom email every night for the last few years. And I've read two of your previous books. It has really helped me save a lot of money over the years. And I really appreciate what you do. I want to be honest with you, though. I had absolutely no interest in reading your book when you talked about it in your emails. My only child is on the autism spectrum, just graduated high school last year and recently turned 20 years old. I felt like you had nothing to offer me when it came to parenting advice. And I also felt like I was quote done with needing parenting books since my son was 20 years old. I also didn't feel like I could take advice from someone who to me seemed quote perfect with perfect kids, a perfect marriage, and just in general seemed to have the perfect life. But then I saw you post about your TV interview and was able to watch it. I think she's referring to the one that I did with the 700 club, or maybe it was the doctors. I'm not sure. I was absolutely shocked that one of your children was labeled a bully several years ago. I could hardly believe what I was hearing. I am very familiar with psych hospitals as my son was in and out of them several times when he was younger, and my heart truly went out to you. 
I have a trial of scribbed. Jesse, scribbed or scribed, we never quite figured out how you pronounce it. No, but it's one of those things that you see written out that you don't hear pronounced. You know, here's, they need to do an ad for it so I can know how to pronounce it. But anyway, she said, so, okay, I'm going to listen to your book. She said, I binge listened for the past three days and just finished. I now have 52 bookmarks that I have to go re-listen to and write notes. It was so, I don't even know how many O's she has all in caps, good. And not what I was expecting at all. You did a fabulous job. And I know your heavenly father is incredibly proud of the book you put out. My son is not wired like me at all. And we argue so much because he wants to show me his electronics projects or whatever he is working on, hyper-focused with high-functioning autism. And I just get so bored and honestly don't care about it sometimes. He is so needy and needs my attention a lot. And it's overwhelming sometimes. But your book really made me think hard about the state of my heart and how I react to him. I'm going to try hard to lean in and love and be thankful that he wants me to be so involved in his life. I'm going to go grab a journal right now and start writing all the nuggets of wisdom down before my trial ends in two days. Thank you so much for writing this book. And I also really think you sold yourself short at the beginning of the book when you said it was for parents of little ones. This is a book that all parents can learn from no matter what their age. I'm just so humbly grateful. When I read this, I honestly didn't even know how to respond because I just felt like it was the answer to so many prayers Mm -hmm. that we've prayed for love-centered parenting and for how God would use it in hearts and homes. And so I just wanted to share that for anyone who um, might need the encouragement to lean in and love your kids and that reminder and to be grateful. I loved her perspective on being grateful that he wanted to be mm-hmm. have her be involved in his life. But also, I thought it was great for people who might feel like, I don't think love-centered parenting is for me and or who might feel figure that it's going to be this book about how I have perfect kids and a perfect life and how you can do if you follow everything I do. That is not what the book is about. She also sent me a picture then of all of the pages that she typed out later. She said she has 10 pages of type notes that she printed out to reference. Wow. Yeah. Just wow. I feel like I don't, I just am grateful hearing again and again how God is using this message. And Jesse, you know how much we prayed for this Mm -hmm. book. And just, I'm just grateful. Okay, speaking of books, Jesse, we both finished a book this past week. I actually almost finished two books, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And my book was called The Woman with the Blue Star. I just randomly found it on Libby. And it was written by Pam Jenoff, I think is how you pronounce her last name. It was a really fascinating story of Jews who hid in the sewer in Krakow. Probably botched that pronunciation a little bit. Krakow. Krakow. Sorry. So, During World they, War they II. Were Poland? Well, they were Jews. I don't know. Yes. Would they have been Polish Jews? I know there were Could Polish be. people who were helping them. Yes, um, they were in Poland. So... It was just, it said it was based upon true, real accounts. It was a fascinating story. I listened to it. It was a very well done audio book. But here's the thing, Jesse. Mm-hmm. It was 12 and a half hours or so. And I got down to the last 26 minutes. And I was so excited to hear how it ended. And something happened with my Libby app. 
And when I went to go click on it to listen to the last 26 minutes when I was driving in the car, it was making me re-sign in again. And it would not accept my library card. And we tried and tried and tried to um, reset the pin. I'm going to have to call the library. But in the meantime, I, w- I was able to get your library card to work. So now it's on hold again. So, so now, then you go, so now I'm trying, but uh, it, I have to wait seven weeks or something. So now I'm trying to decide. Is it in that much demand? Yeah, there were a lot of copies wow. and a lot of people that had had it on hold. <laughs> so I'm like, should I just buy the book? Should I see if the library has the book? that I can get it. Cause I'm like, I just want to know what happens the last 26 minutes. I feel like it was going to be something really monumental. And, and now I've worked it up to be like, it's going to tie totally, all these things together. And then it's just going to be like, it's totally going to lead up to the next book. And you're going to, it was like, Oh, completely. that was it. There was nothing. I didn't miss anything, but yes. I do feel like there were some things that I was missing. But anyway, so that was called the woman with the blue star. And I just started another one of Pam Jenoff's books because I enjoy that so much. So Libby has multiple books um, and they had some that I could actually get right away. So I went ahead and got that and hopefully they're not going to mess up again. I don't know what happened. It was really weird. I love Libby except for when it doesn't work like that. And what's saving my life? Well, wait, hold up. You had a book that you finished. I'm sorry. It's been <laughs> I know, a few weeks. It's I'm rare. so used to like <laughs> moving on. Okay. Tell us about your book. So I finished up uh, Right Cross and uh, by Andrew Huff. It was a good book along the lines of some of the other books that I've been reading. This is, has a, a Christian bit to it. The main character is a pastor and an ex-CIA officer that continuously gets called back into and pulled back into um, serving in one way, shape, or form and something that comes up. And his... Um, girlfriend is a reporter then she gets called uh, caught up in these the same adventures together and so uh, this one wrapped up um um i'm not going to give it away but it was uh involved uh, a hacker that they got um kind of finagled his way into their life and and um tried to caused some kind of an attack in the United States and he stopped it. Of course, it's the main character. And, uh, obviously that she was involved in some way, shape or form, but, uh, they kind of tied it up with a bow and, um, have actually just tied up the whole series up with a bow based on how I read the epilogue. And they're going to be starting up a new series with another character that's in the same book. So it'll be interesting to, see how they do character development with that one. So there was a three book series then. It was a three book series. But you said they're going to continue on in another series with some of the same characters, but they've finished this storyline. This storyline. And I think that probably then the main character of the next series will be one of these outlying characters in this series. Okay. I kind of want to read the series, but yeah, you'd enjoy it. I would. <laughs> you have so many books that you read that you think that I should read. You're always sitting... It's because you always enjoy books to read. So I Well, I don't always enjoy every single book, but I do love reading. I did read a book recently that I sort of had to power through, but it was kind of one of those where I kept thinking, it's 
going to get better. It's going to get better. And there's some of the, yeah. then by the time that I was about 60% of the way through, I'm like, eh, I don't think it's going to get better. But now that I've read 60% of it, I kind of just want to finish it. So it can be one more book that I've finished this year. Mm-hmm. So there are books that I don't really enjoy. Usually I will I figure that out about 15 or 20 pages in and then just stop and move on. Cause life's too short to read books that don't interest you. Yep. But when you're 60% of the way in, you just kind of keep going. That's my personality. Well, what's saving my life this week? Some of it we're going to talk about in the email thing, because that's something that really helps save my life. But I also did two different posts on my site, moneysavingmom.com, that I wanted to share. There are two things that saved my life. I've already talked about the Impress Nails that I really loved. And I did a review on them that we will link to in the show notes. So if you're interested in more details on that, pictures and all of that, and we'll link that in the show notes, the Impress Nails review. And then I also- I was pretty impressed by those. I think you used that joke the last time I talked about them. I don't think so. Where's the, where's the, I need the sound for that. This one? No, not that one. No. Well, that one too. That that one will work. There we go. Yes. Nice try. Uh, But then the second thing was I did a post on how I prep lettuce for a week of salads. So I have just this really simple method that I use for prepping lettuce so that it stays fresh for seven days. And so if you're interested in that, it's something that I have done for a long time. It works so well. But and on the eighth day, it is really, really bad. You know, here's what you, why I said seven days, because pretty <laughs> much a head of lettuce a bi- if I get a big head of lettuce, that lasts me for seven days. And so usually I don't have it. I feel like it would probably last longer than that. But because I eat a big salad every day, I kind of just portion it out so that it only lasts me seven days. So I didn't even know. I should keep it in the fridge. Should we see. include my method on how to do it too? Well, I don't know what your method is. And don't do it. <laughs> just don't eat salads. Just don't eat salads. <laughs> but I love it because then I can just grab some handfuls of lettuce, put some toppings on them and have a salad every day, but it makes it really simple. And I feel like then it's a lot harder to justify, oh, I'm not going to, you know, I don't have time to eat healthfully when you have Mm -hmm. it all prepped in the fridge. So we will link to that in the show notes as well. It's it's a lot better than the tub lettuce. So don't write in and say just use tub lettuce because that goes bad so quickly. I will, I buy tub lettuce sometimes if there's a great markdown on it. I especially love it if it's the like a mixed greens mm-hmm. that we can use in smoothies. I love it for that. But it, even if you put a paper towel on the top of it, I just feel like stinks the whole fridge. It up. does not keep at all as fresh and it just doesn't taste as good. So I like to buy the actual head lettuce, romaine, green leaf, red leaf, um, and then actually prep it myself. I just find that I just enjoy my salads more with that kind of lettuce. It just tastes fresher. So Maybe I'm a lettuce snob or something, but there you go. We'll link to it in the show notes. Jesse, what's saving your life? Well, this we've been talking about what, things to do this summer, and I would like this summer to be one of you know pushing myself and trying new things. And we had talked about possibly me talking about a class that I've started up, but first... I wanted to talk about facing my fears. Hold up, hold up. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, you, I'm, I'm calling an audible. 
Do you have two? Two things. Two things. And I realized we didn't even talk about your trip. No, that's... Is that that's what you're going to share? Mm-hmm. Okay. I totally... There's so much that has happened since you've gotten back that we can't even get into on the podcast. It's just life. Lots of yeah. things. But I'm like, okay, tell us about your trip. So I've been doing uh, student ministries with... Uh, let's see. what I've got the eighth grade boys this year. They're going to be moving up to ninth grade. And last year, we did not go, go on any trips. As a, uh, because of COVID with the student ministries. The girls did, but the boys didn't. So this year we did uh, our forge trip and it was a lot of fun. We did paintball. We did whitewater rafting, which I had never done before. It was three days down in just outside of Chattanooga. So we drove down. It was about three, three and a half hour drive. And it was a lot of fun. So the uh, th- thing I was going to say would be doing the whitewater rafting because I was Kind of as I was hearing stories about, because we drove down with a guy that had done it before, and the way that he painted those particular rapids, it was like, yeah, it's fun because you're constantly in fear of death. It was like, do I really want to go? And uh, I'd already signed the waiver and all, and um, then something else happened, and I was like, oh, great, now I got to do it. And um, I'm glad I did. Were you going to tell us what the something else was that happened? Yes. Our daughter... Catherine was going down and and going on a, a senior junior senior leadership trip. I th- no, I think it was leadership. I think it was just the juniors and seniors retreat. A yes, retreat for school. And um, I had signed waivers for her too, and um, I was thinking I signed the waiver for the morning that I left, and and it said that she was going on the same river that we were going on, and I said like, why. At least it didn't compute that that's what it was, that it was the same river. And I said, I just signed this waiver here two days ago for myself. What's going on? Turns out they were staying in the same exact resort that we were staying in. Resort? Is it, is it I, used, of- I used the word loosely, but it was that it was it was a resort is what they call Camp it. Camp center. Yeah. yeah, it was... Which is hilarious was, because yeah. we'd like, you know, for weeks leading up to it, okay, you guys are both going to be gone, same weekend, and we talked about it, but the thought never crossed our mind, at least I never looked where you were going mm-hmm. or where she was going. Like mm-hmm. I, I thought just, she was going somewhere in Kentucky. I just knew she, where she needed to be to get on the bus to go, mm-hmm. and I knew when you were leaving, and I knew when she was coming back, and I knew when you were coming back, and then it was funny because right as you were I think it was, she was heading out the door. Mm-hmm. We were, I was going to go drive her to drop her off and you were filling out her waiver. You goes, this looks really familiar. This feels yeah. like the same waiver that I filled out. And then, yeah. So then, so you, then the next morning I got up to go to breakfast and was walking and I saw, I said, Oh, that looks like one of her teachers. That is, that looks like one of her, what, what in the world? And so I ran over there and she was right over there. And I was like, hi, how are you? You can't get rid of me. Can you? <laughs> So, and we have this sort of running joke with our friends that we are always somewhere nearby, wherever they are, <laughs> whatever they're doing. Like if they're at the mall, you're there somewhere. And so that, that used to be true. It's not, it's true. not, not true anymore. But when she was younger, especially when she would go with her friends, because a lot of her friends are a year older and have been mm-hmm. driving for longer than her. And so we, you would just happen to be at the mall at the Hang same out. time whenever mm-hmm. they were there. So Yes, you carried on that reputation of, I'm just here. <laughs> no, just, we're not helicopter parents. Just so happened. Like, yeah. we just had to laugh. But anyway, pushing myself to try new things because and I had to do it now because 
she did it the day before. And um, I couldn't let her best me. So that was a lot of fun. I heard, learned um, prior to us doing the whitewater rafting that that particular river was also was used during the Olympics for the whitewater kayaking, I believe it was, when they had it in Atlanta back in 1992. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. And But it wasn't that particular stretch of river. It was a different stretch of river, but it was... Uh, Class three plus, I think that is what they had told me because there were some class four rapids that were there. Did happen to fall out of the boat once. So that was fun. But you survived. But I survived, yep. Now you can say that you have done whitewater rafting. You had another thing you were going to talk about, but we're running short on time because Mm -hmm. we forgot we had so much to talk about. And so we will save that for next week because we need to hop into talking about Taming the email monster. So, Jesse, your approach to emails, do you have a system for your emails? Why do today what you can put off for tomorrow? <laughs> That's your system. <laughs> yeah. I do feel like, though, you probably are much better at filing things yes. than me. Because I'm just more I do of have a, a system, sort of. Yeah. It's, it's called wait for two months until no. something is really desperate and then go through all the emails. Eventually. <laughs> It'll be like no, one it's usually, day. It's, it's usually getting rid of. One day, of- all of a sudden, I will start getting all these answers to emails that I've sent you. A month ago. Two months ago. Three months ago, even. <laughs> And I'm like, I completely forgot about that. So maybe maybe Good. that is your That's system. Strategy. Just don't answer any emails. <laughs> and then by the time it's three months later, you can delete so many of them because it's already yep. passed. The deadline's feel, gone. Yep, very accomplished. People have just written back and been like, <laughs> never mind. I got this taken <laughs> care of. Yeah. Okay. So my strategies are a little bit different just because I'm one of those people who cannot stand to have a whole bunch of read or unread messages in my inbox. I can't stand the little icons on my phone to have the red numbers. I have text e- messages I or emails mm-hmm. or um, phone calls. Yeah. When I see someone who their phone says like 35,000. Oh, that's ridiculous. I'm just like, how are you even walking right now? How yes. are you alive? I don't know. So that's my personality. And with having run a business for, like I said, over 15 years and processing probably millions of emails in that time frame, and also recognizing that I have to be organized about processing things. Because if I don't, a lot of stuff that is important Mm -hmm. is going to slip through the cracks, especially if it's time sensitive, if it has to do with my book launch, or it has to do with companies who want to work with me. If you aren't getting back with things quickly, you're going to miss opportunities or, you know, things that need to be done aren't going to get done. Mm -hmm. And so what has helped me is these four strategies. Number one, unsubscribe ruthlessly. I try to unsubscribe from anything that I've somehow gotten subscribed to, or maybe I signed up for a freebie, or maybe I purchased something for some company and they start sending me emails. If their emails are not ones that are truly benefiting my life, I'm opening them very regularly, I'm finding really helpful content in them, then I just unsubscribe. Why didn't you subscribe in the first place? 
Well, sometimes it's that I purchase something, like I said, and in the process of purchasing, you get on their email list. Or it might be, it could be the kind of thing where it's like, oh, I think of like when we had Champ and he had a helmet and I was, um, you know, we were in the middle of that. I was part of, this was not email, but I was part of a Facebook group for that. Well, then when he no longer had a helmet, I no longer needed to be part of that Facebook group. And so there's sometimes like you'll subscribe to, or I was pregnant, so I subscribed to different- Baby list. Oh my goodness. Um, different baby lists and that sort of thing. Well, then you don't need that anymore. So there are seasons where something might be helpful to you and you've signed up for something or you sign up for it thinking that it's going to be one thing and then it turns out to right. be something else. So unsubscribe from stuff that's just cluttering your inbox. Number two, use the delete button liberally. And the thing I love about Gmail is it doesn't just have a delete button, but it also has an archive button. So if you think that possibly you might need this, but you don't need to have it in your inbox, you can archive it. And then if you end up needing it in two weeks or two months from now, you can just search for it and you can pull it back up. And so that's the thing that I love about Gmail and why I'm such a fan hmm. of Gmail. But I think so often we have so many messages in our inbox that why are they there? It's like we're just hanging on to clothes that don't fit us anymore because we don't know what to do with them and just get rid of them. If they are emails, though, that you think you probably would archive and then delete, just probably delete them because it does count against any limit that you may have on Gmail. Yeah, so, paid account. so I only archive if it's something that I think, you know, I might need this information mm-hmm. down the road. So I'm going to archive it so I know I can get it back. And then regularly, I actually go through and just kind of clean out the archives as well. When I say regular, once or twice a year when I'm when my storage is getting small, I can then go through there. And a lot of times, you know, you might need to hang on to something for a month, mm-hmm. but then... You know, if you go through it every six months, you're going to find stuff on there. They're like, you don't need that anymore. But so using the delete button liberally. And speaking of deleting, one of the things that I think we can also fall prey to is that we feel like we somehow either need to know or we just get signed up for notifications for social media. So, or your email list that if you're an entrepreneur that, you know, someone has signed up for your email list or that someone has followed you on Facebook, someone mm-hmm. has commented on something on Facebook or some other social media platform, and you're getting notifications in your inbox for those things, or you're getting notifications on your phone. It's dinging at you, telling you that someone has interacted with you in some way. Get rid of that. Yep. It is just going to suck your time and your energy and have you keep looking at your phone, you don't need to know. The only time where I might have notifications turn on for something is if we're doing an experiment of something and I want to see directly, you know, when we do this, how many responses are typically, it's like, how many followers are we getting from this? Or I'm Mm -hmm. trying a new social media platform and I want to kind of figure out what's working or something, but then turn the notifications off. Just turn notifications off. Number three, set up filters fanatically. I am such a fan of filters. Again, I love Gmail because you can put things, messages that come in from certain people, messages that come in that have certain phrases, they can be filtered directly to your trash 
your archive or to a specific file. And we use this for mm-hmm. lots of different things. But for example, if someone submits a deal on our site, we have it set up so that it filters straight into a file folder on my email with the deal submission. So mm-hmm. I can just look at all of those at once. Or if someone submits a guest post, again, it goes into a filter. There are certain things that you can't unsubscribe from because you try and there's no way to unsubscribe from them, but you continue to get these messages in your inbox. You can filter those straight into your trash, or you can filter certain notifications that Mm -hmm. you can't get rid of straight into your archive. And so it just can save so much brain power, energy, space to just have it. If you're constantly just deleting that thing and you can't unsubscribe from it, just set up a filter for it. Or if you're constantly moving it to a file folder, then set up a filter for it. Do you use Gmail on the iPhone as well? I, okay, this is kind of controversial, but I do not use the actual Gmail app on my phone. I use the actual desktop interface Mm -hmm. on my phone. And the reason is, is because I've tried, I downloaded the Gmail app and I know a lot of people say it looks so much better. It works so much slicker, but I've gotten so used to the way the desktop interface Mm -hmm. works that it's just easier for me to just pull it up. The other thing is it's actually harder to respond to messages. And so it kind of forces me to, I'm not responding to many messages through my phone. So I do have email on my phone in certain seasons. I have actually taken it off my phone sometimes for a few years, just because I found that it was a big distraction. I have it on my phone right now, a lot of times because I'm nursing or holding a baby and I can be checking my email, but, and then I can be deleting and filing stuff, but I don't respond. If, if a message needs more than a few sentences, I won't respond on my phone just because that's a lot of work. So it kind of helps that it's like, the larger responses happen on my computer. And I'm not trying to do it on my phone. I don't know if that makes any it, sense, but that's a no. It does because I I have the Gmail app on my phone, and it's more clunky when it comes to email management to use it on your phone. And because the the default when you swipe to get rid of the message, the default is to archive it, so it keeps it on your phone even when you really want to delete it. So you have to go go back if you want to mm-hmm. delete it and, and actually delete it. If you do it on the computer, it's easier. Also, I use Apple Mail, the interface, Apple Mail interface for Gmail on the computer, and that's easy to delete messages as well. Okay. That's good to know with the Gmail app because I didn't realize that. So it's something important to recognize. And then number four, deal with email immediately. Now, I really encourage you not to have email just open all the time, not to have it dinging at you or sending you some sort of, you know, making some sort of noise whenever you're getting an email in. But when you have designated times to process your email, go ahead and process all your email. That's the thing that I've found to be really helpful. It's kind of like when we get the mail I just process it immediately, throw out what needs to be thrown out, recycle what needs to be recycled and file what needs to be filed. And then I'm done. We don't have piles of mail everywhere. Well, you do have some piles of mail, but those, those that's I filed it in your pile that it's like you need to handle it. But it's not just all over the house randomly. Like There's a system. When it comes in the door, it gets processed. Same thing for email. When I check email, just to immediately process everything Instead of just kind of looking through and seeing, oh, is there anything interesting? But then leaving it all in your inbox. 
that is a recipe for then lots of stuff getting lost. And pretty soon that you have this huge email monster that you need to handle, or you have 35,000 messages in there that you need to deal with because you've just let it pile up and pile up and pile up. And so one of the things that I found to be really helpful is to just have a system. So when I check email, and like I said, doing this at designated times during the day, but to have the designated time, open up my email, immediately delete any emails that don't require opening or answering. Like you can kind of tell, you can see the one sentence, maybe someone has responded and said, thanks, or they've said, you know, that works for me or whatever, but it doesn't require response. You can just delete it. So Mm -hmm. delete all of those immediately. And in the process, you know, is there anything you need to archive? Then archive as well. And then is there anything that you need to unsubscribe from? So if you're in the process of deleting it, you're like, hmm, I've gotten more than one message from this. Oh, there's an unsubscribe. Go ahead and unsubscribe right then. And then open and deal with all the rest of the emails. So if you do this consistently, checking your email maybe two or three times a day and you're processing through all the emails, then when you open up your inbox, you don't have that many messages to go through. And so I respond to those that need to be responded to. I file those that need to be filed, such as maybe something, a deal that someone submitted that needs to be filed somewhere or um, something that I need to talk to someone else about and I can't answer it right then because, Jesse, you and I need to have a conversation or something. So I have then two files for business and personal that I will file in there and then I go through those once a week. And then just respond to the rest of the messages. And a lot of times I think we sort of, we are kind of like, ah, this is going to take me a minute to respond to. And so then we don't. But if we just set our head down and just, okay, this is my time to process email, it usually doesn't take long at all. And Mm -hmm. I found setting the timer and allowing 15 minutes or 30 minutes that I'm just going to process email during the time and then I'm going to turn it off. You can get so much done. And if you consistently have a system and do it two times or three times a day, you can get down to where when you process your email, a lot of times for me, it might only take me five or 10 minutes or even less than that. And I'm getting hundreds of emails a day, but just getting really quick at being able to process through, Mm -hmm. it takes a lot less time usually than you ever think that it will. Now, I know if some of you, you're saying, well, I've got 35,000 messages, so that's not going to work for me. So I just wanted to give you what I would suggest if you are in that situation. And you could check out unroll.me to help you process through a bunch of messages. But then set aside a few hours to clean out your inbox because it's not going to happen in just 15 minutes. Jesse, as you know, if you have three months worth of emails in there, you're going to have to spend some time. Set aside a few hours to clean out your inbox. Set a timer, turn on some upbeat music, get to work. And then set a timer for 15 minutes and delete as many as you possibly can right off the bat. Now, you might say, well, in 15 minutes, I have way more emails. Hang with me. So just 15 minutes, just put your head down and just delete emails. Then set a timer for 15 minutes and archive all those that you might possibly need later. And I don't want you to be sitting there going, I don't know. Let me think about this. Let me read this. If, if you're having to think more than four seconds about an email, just leave it in your inbox for now. Mm-hmm. Just focus on, we know we can delete these. We know we can archive these. 
and then set a timer for 15 minutes and go through and quickly answer everything that you can answer in less than a minute. And when you challenge yourself to be like, okay, I'm only going to answer what I can answer in less than a minute, you'll be surprised. A lot of times it literally will take you 15 or 30 seconds to answer an email and then it's then delete it or archive it as soon as you've answered it. And then repeat these steps. So 15 minutes for deleting, 15 minutes for archiving, 15 minutes to go through and quickly answer all those that you can answer in less than a minute. And the goal is that in a three-hour time period, if you're doing this practice for, you're going to go through this process four times in three hours, that you're going to get down to hopefully 50 or 100 or 150 emails, maybe even less than that. But then set aside maybe another hour or two, maybe the next day where you're going to then go through as many of those. And I want you to get it down to 50 emails so that in Gmail, you can see all of them on one screen. And then set up a system like I have for every time when you check email, here's what you do. And then eventually you're going to whittle that down and maybe you're only going to have 40 emails and then you know 30 emails and 20 emails. For me now, it's very rare that I will have more than five or 10 emails in my inbox at any time. And so once I've processed through, I might have five or 10 in there still that it's like, this requires a longer response. I need to talk to somebody about this, or um, this is a reminder for me. I need to answer this in the next 24 hours or something. So it just makes such a difference. Set up systems, follow through, process emails immediately, get rid of your notifications, unsubscribe ruthlessly and find the breathing room that can come from no longer having email be a monster, but it can be a tool that can really help your life in very productive ways. And you won't have thousands and thousands and thousands of messages and give people like me a hyperventilation experience if they ever see your inbox. So hopefully this is helpful. I'd love to hear from you. I know we went a little long today. Just you got a lot to share. In. Just don't email in. Hey, you <laughs> did hold up. You stole my line. <laughs> what I was going to say That's gonna is be a good one then. I would love to hear from you. You can reach out to me on Instagram. I'm the money saving mom on Instagram or I'd love for you to send me an email. See how fast it takes me to process it. Um, So send me an email and let me know what helps you to tame your email monster. How do you keep on top of your email? And does it even bother you? Maybe you have 35,000 messages and it doesn't bother you at all. I'd love to hear about that too. So send a message to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Have a great week and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 